Welcome to the Data Points Podcast, created by the Bloomberg Center for Government Excellence at Johns Hopkins University. At GovX and through this podcast, we explore the ways that the public sector is using data to understand complex issues, engage residents, and ultimately improve quality of life, particularly for our traditionally underserved residents and communities. My name is Rudy DeLeon Dinglas, and I'm the Director of Planning and Operations here at GovX. In this role, I serve as the Center's Chief of Staff where I lead strategic and operational imperatives to ensure that GovX continues its work in partnering with governments and their leaders to center around the use of data to bring transformational results to communities throughout the world. Today, we're talking to Amy Edwards-Holmes, who recently completed her first full-year executive director at GovX. We'll talk about the path that led her to this work, what her first year has been like, and about the future of the center and its impact across cities and governments, here in the U.S. and across the globe. First of all, Amy, congratulations on your first year here with GovX, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Rudy. It's been a great first year, and I, when I think back about the last year and, and all we've accomplished, I, I really think I started at the perfect time because my first week at GovX, um, we were launching the Bloomberg Philanthropy City Data Alliance Program. And that very first month, I got to participate in the first convening of that alliance and convened over 20 mayors here in Baltimore. And it was a great way to, like, as I look back, jump right into the work and really hear from mayors, roll up our sleeves, talk about how we're going to how they were going to create data driven plans and initiatives and really jumpstart their citywide activities that um, really has just set the that set the mark for my last year at GovX and the work that we're doing. It's been a great way to jump right in and engage with so many wonderful leaders across the globe in uh, North America and across Latin America to really work with mayors to help improve their their data capability. So it's been a, it's been a f- an amazing first year. And you've definitely hit the ground running from day one. But I'd love, Amy, for our audience to learn a little bit more about you. Could you share what brought you to data? Oh, wow. Well, that's a good question, Rudy. And one that I've, like many, many of our listeners here, maybe you look, you, you start your career in a very different place than where you ended up. But when you look back, you can see a thread of how it all makes sense in, in the rearview mirror. And I think um, I'm excited. I can definitely see that. For me, I am a first generation of my family to go to college. Um, I came from a very small town in Virginia, you know, went to college and I knew I wanted to help people. And I didn't know really what that looked like. And I knew, so I started off in social work and I um, began working with a, a Head Start program in very rural Appalachian, Virginia. So that's a very small community, hundreds of people. And Head Start is a program that provides comprehensive family services and you know, early learning for children and families. And so um, it was very meaningful. I enjoyed it. But it's, it's heart-wrenching work. <laughs> and um, and so I quickly learned, wow, I don't know if this is what I want to do long-term. But one of the exciting things that happened for me when I was with Head Start is I had the benefit of being there when they were being evaluated by the Department of Health and Human Services at the national level. So we had a team of program evaluators come into this little tiny center that I worked in. The center didn't even have windows. They were like boarded up and painted over. I mean, it was like it was such wonderful work happening in that little tiny center. But 
they had very few resources. So I, you know, I'm working in this tiny little place and I have these evaluators come in and they're asking questions, they're collecting data. And I'm like, that's a job. Like, so you're going to take all this data from us, take it back centrally and look for ways to improve the services, the consistency and the quality of the programming that we're providing to these children and these families. And I was like, that's a job. That's the job I want. So that kind of lit my fire for data um, very young in my career. And I followed that all along, which led me through national reforms. Um, you know, after I, I left uh, Head Start, I actually went to the National Head Start Association, where I got to work on the Head Start reauthorization. Um, I, I wanted to learn more. And so I jumped into a you know very entry level team. That was when you know, we were doing outreach and things with fax machines. So this was telling you, I was running fax machines as a young person, but we were working to uh, reauthorize the Head Start program to expand it to more people, to get more funding for it. And I got to, I got the policy bug and I got, I got to see how you can use data to make evidence-based uh, policy decisions through that work that I just fueled my interest further. Uh, so I took all of that uh, experience with Head Start and continued work in the nonprofit sector, first for the Council for Excellence in Government. Then I moved over to the Pew Center on the States, where I was actually leading their 50-state management report card, looking at all uh, all 50 states in the U.S. and grading states from their, their management functions. So looking at their budget and finance capabilities, their HR capabilities, their capital planning, the infrastructure, and helping them not only assess where they were, but also develop plans to improve. And so that was really meaningful work. And while I was at Pew, um, I got the opportunity to actually go into government myself, where I, was, I moved over from the Pew Center on the States to the Senate Budget Committee, where I was asked to chair the first ever task force on government performance. And this was, um, you know, kind of my dream job, to be candid, um, where I was I was there for six years and really working to help Congress use data to inform decisions. I mean, like a whole special bipartisan effort stood up to do this. And I and I had the, the you know, really pleasure and, and um, privilege to be able to leave that work for for the, for the length of the task force for six years. We passed some really meaningful reforms, I'm proud to say, through that work. Uh, I was working with uh, Senator Mark Warner of Virginia, my home state, who he was the chairman of this work. Um, and, and we passed a lot of bipartisan legislation under his leadership that I think have really produced better data for government and in, 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 you know exciting results. Um, the first one was the Government Performance Results Modernization Act of 2010, uh, which provided an update to the existing performance management infrastructure for the federal government and updated it, I, I think, in some really important ways. It tried to narrow the focus toward, toward some strategic government-wide priorities, both on the um, mission goals of agencies in the federal government, but also operational and management goals to make sure that we were having that cross-cutting focus across the government and tracking the progress toward that. You know, the federal government's a big place. <laughs> it's hard to get everybody working toward common goals. And so that was one of the important things we did in the in the GIPRA Modernization Act. We also changed the timing of the performance process for the government. So um, made it align with the budget cycle so that you could look at performance alongside of your budget decisions to help integrate financial and performance decisions and data in a better way. And I think that was a really a noteworthy improvement in that Gipper Modernization Act. And then I had the opportunity while we worked on the performance data to improve that, then we moved over. I was like, well, we want to connect the performance data with the financial data. 
what does the financial data look like? And I think when we looked at the financial data that we have across the federal government, it was very confusing. While we we had hundreds and thousands of reports that were telling us about the, the, the financial status of agencies and programs and all kinds of budget reports, but you could never really drill in to see, well, how much money do we have today? How much money do we have left? What is the financial um, you know, status of things? And so we pursued new legislation, uh, which I'm proud to say bipartisan le- legislation that was enacted in 2014, which was also the first open data law in the United States. And that was the, the Digital Accountability and Transparency Act. Um, and I was, you know, this this legislation was important in many ways, really connects to the work that we do at GovX um, because it's about setting standards and linking data to make it useful to decision makers, to the public. Um, we had many goals in that in that legislation. And I'm I'm really proud to say that that we actually got those results. And one of the things that led me to the next step in my career was I actually followed the Data Act (laughs) over to the government where I got to help lead the government-wide implementation from the U.S. Department of Treasury of that whole legislation across the government. And um, just like, you know, again, um, another really unique and and I feel honored to have had that responsibility and to have helped um, make the federal government as, as much progress as we did at improving that financial data transparency. And over my six or six years at Treasury, I think we we really also had maybe seven years. Um, time flies, but you know we made tremendous progress and actually created a new USAspending.gov website where now taxpayers, the public, Congress can actually track spending from how it's authorized in appropriations laws all the way down to where it goes into communities. So that transparency is there today that wasn't when we started, and um, so. That's my that's that's a little bit of my journey, but data and using data for public good has really been the heart of my career. I think that when you're informed, not only as a government leader, but as an individual, when you're informed, you can just make better decisions, whether that's for your personal family life about where you want to live or understanding how your tax dollars are being used, but also how are we um, delivering better service that impact the public in the right ways? And if you're not armed with data, you're missing a huge opportunity. And so that's been the like fight of my career. And like many of us at GovX, we believe in it. We believe in the power of data. And that's why it's been so great to take all those things I've learned at the federal and state levels and really be able to look at it differently now here at GovX, really looking at how we're transforming city governments and improving and strengthening city operations to get that same benefit around data and help mayors and other senior leaders see those benefits as well. But that's how I got here and why I bring that same passion and energy along with so many of my colleagues across GovX. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for that because it's a journey. You gave us a glimpse to the journey that's led you here to GovX. Now that you've surpassed your first year at GovX, you've been quite busy taking on this role as executive director. Can you share with our audience a little bit about what this past year has looked like at GovX? Sure. Yeah. So, so much going on. Although I like the pace. I like to. I like. I like that we're doing a lot. It's a good thing to jump into. But one of the things I mentioned that started my very first week here at GovX is the launch of the Bloomberg Philanthropy City Data Alliance. This program, I think, is just groundbreaking and exciting, and the focus on building. The, not only the city leaders, but also taking that up a level to helping mayors, empowering mayors to use data to ask the right questions and actually put in place 
citywide policies that are going to make data the routine that every day, every decision, the you know, the work that's being done by the city is being guided and led by data and informed by data. And so that's really what we're trying to do in the City Data Alliance. And we're thankful to be partners uh, with Bloomberg Philanthropies and leading a lot of the core curriculum and trainings that we're providing to cities. So we've had so far in my just over a year here, we've had 40 mayors join up and sign up for the City Data Alliance, participating in our programming. Those mayors are working to develop citywide data strategies, which is sort of the most foundational roadmap for how they're going to transform their cities to be data-driven and actually including their plans to build capacity, build the infrastructure and platforms needed to, to bring data together across the city, how they're going to build the people skills and the knowledge that they need to really focus on driving impact for residents in really meaningful ways. There's often a lot of really good pockets of data use across different agencies within a city, but trying to make that the practice citywide and grow that standardization across the city is what we're really working on the City Data Alliance, and I'm super excited about. And one of the things that I think is noteworthy in the City Data Alliance work we're doing is the focus on the people, the workforce. We're focused, obviously, on the residents and the impact. That's what all this work is about, driving that. But focusing on how to build capacity, examining the capacity that you currently have and how you grow it further is something um, that I don't think we spend enough time on, at least not in my career, where there's not been as much focus on the skill development. It's one of the reasons I wanted to come to GovX. You know, we're doing something I think rather novel in the, in the City Data Alliance, which is creating data workforce plans. So a specific plan for how every city working with us is going to upskill their workforce. And I think a great example of what the power of that work is something we're seeing right here in our back Yard, and I think we just had a, a podcast about on this on this program around the Baltimore Data Academy, which is really what we want to see more of, which is making data everyone's job. Everyone has a role to play in data, and making that a, a, a important part of the Data Alliance and our work is really important to me. I think other things, um, obviously, you know, GovX is is well known for our support in the Johns Hopkins University's Coronavirus Resource Center. You know, I was using the Coronavirus Resource Center at Treasury, and it was that data was being used to help inform the operations of governments, of communities, of individuals across the globe. It had more than two point five billion users. And so, you know, just huge impact. But the Coronavirus Resource Center, although we sunset that effort this year at GovX and at Johns Hopkins, the lessons learned through that work are going to carry our work forward for many years to come. And we are developing um, a city data aggregator tool that I think holds a lot of promise that really is taking other data that's out there in the public sphere, open data from national statistical sources. And we're trying to bring that data together so that we can generate value from it in the same way we did as with the CRC. And that work is growing here at GovX and hopefully in the next year or so, we'll be able to share more about that because I think there's a lot of promise in taking that data, translating it into um, the context needed for the public, for journalists and for policymakers and making that available uh, at your fingertips in an easy to read way. And I'm really excited about our whole portfolio of analytics work. And that leads to how the cities we work with might consider and tap into other emerging technologies. As you look at this growth of open data, how that leads us to more uh, exploration around artificial intelligence. And there's a lot out there today that a lot of conversation around that. And I'm looking forward to how um, we can help support cities as they 
consider the you know the adoption of that the that emerging technology. So so many great things going on here at GovX, but I mean those are some noteworthy that are that have been on my mind and and things I'm excited about so far. Thank you for sharing that. So tell us what's currently happening at GovX. Being 12 months in the role, what are you doing now? What's happening? Yeah, well um as I mentioned, we are very much in our second class of the uh, City Data Alliance. So that's uh, still ongoing. And we're seeing just really remarkable results, I would say. You know, I also mentioned, you know, we're, we're working on some new tools around the city data aggregation, which is really exciting. I also, you know, how we're leveraging AI and what's the path to AI is something that we're spending a lot of time thinking about. How, the, how you take the foundation that we've worked with cities for years at GovX, for for over eight years now, to create that foundation of data management? And how does that evolve through analytics and their exploration of more advanced analytics and and, and, uh, impact evaluations? As we've built that knowledge, how has that prepared cities now to consider if they're ready for AI? And what kind of tools and support could we provide to cities as they look at their assessments of their data? Is it of the right quality? How do the ethical considerations that they need to, to take account for? And like, how are they preparing for all of that? And then how are they going to test and actually look at these technologies? And so I'm really spending a lot of time thinking about that pathway to uh, the adoption of those new technologies like AI and how we can help cities um, be better informed, better understand the opportunity, and then even uh, even consider the exploration of it. So we're getting a lot of questions about that. That is exciting to think about. Definitely. That's a, certainly a hot topic happening right now in, in cities across the globe and yeah. across levels of government, right? Yeah. So what can you tell our audience what's in store for us here at GovX and something that they can all look forward to? Yeah, well, I am really, I mean, I am excited about, frankly, the Bloomberg Center for Government Excellence here at Johns Hopkins University and developing more partnerships with our colleagues at Johns Hopkins. Um, I think, um, you know, this is an incredible world-class research university that we happen to be a part of. And I want to bring more of that research and more of that data to this public uh, debate and look for for opportunities to partner internally here at Johns Hopkins. So that's a re- something really top of mind for us. And I, I mean, I could, you know, I, I, we're all very clearly excited about the, the recent announcement about the Data Science and Translation Institute that was recently announced at Johns Hopkins and really want to, you know, partner as that work continues to uh, help uh, find new ways to partner with our colleagues as part of that new uh, institute to bring all of that expertise and learning and uh, exploration into City Halls. And I'm really excited about that. Certainly. It's certainly a prime spot to be, right? Yes. I, we we sit at that uh, really great intersection and we can bring and, and identify the needs that we're seeing from cities into academia and then bring all of that expertise and insights from academia straight to City Hall. So I I can't wait to kind of continue that exploration as this work at Johns Hopkins continues. And and, and I look forward to be a part of it. Likewise. Um, So Amy, you had a career coming from rural Appalachia to pushing for data on Capitol Hill. What do you see now as the biggest challenge for the public sector as they work to integrate data into their work over the next five years, perhaps? There are some challenges. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that I learned in my career in working in government is that sometimes we don't have the technical capabilities to understand how you develop technology and data 
infrastructures in a way that is modern and can be done quickly. I think often they're like, oh, a, a technology project or building a data platform takes years. It takes millions of dollars. And we don't have kind of that entrepreneurial spirit I think we need in the way that we think about the exploration of these technologies. So I, I, I'm a big believer in agile technology development and how you focus on the users of what you're trying to develop and build technology in ways that allow you to start small. You know, if you're going to fail, you're going to fail fast. And you learn and you iterate in incremental ways that allow you to test and explore. I think a lot of the challenges that the public sector face are things we don't know. We don't know what the right solution might be. But by testing and learning, that's where you can innovate. And I've seen that time and again, like when I was at Treasury, we didn't know how we were going to bring all this data from hundreds of federal agencies, millions of data, you know, all these new standards. How are we going to do that in a very short time with a very tiny budget comparatively? Well, we experimented and we applied these new ways of working. And normally it would have taken us four years, many millions of dollars to develop a data broker in the federal government that would do all of that complex data aggregation take four years normally in a, in a traditional waterfall format. We were able to do that in six months by applying these new approaches to the way that we develop technology. And so I think like, you know, it's what we do, getting data, organizing it, but also being bold and, and, and creative and testing, iterating. If it fails, good, you learn that quick. You won't, you know, you're going to pivot, you're going to make a change, and then you find the right solution. And I think that we need to give public sector leaders the space to innovate and the space to try new things, to solve problems in creative ways. And that's what I tried to do in my leadership roles in government. And I think I want other leaders to do that too, because that's where the where the most exciting thing happens when you can have that space to innovate and work small and and not don't take on, you know, don't think you're gonna solve the whole problem at once. Like you can, you can in small ways make that progress. And so um I just have learned a lot in my time and and I'm excited to be able to share that with other leaders who are trying to do the same thing. So well we look forward to seeing that translate here to GovX with our work. But Amy, as we wind down our time together here, what do you want our listeners um who most are public sector practitioners. What do you want them to know about the importance of data use for their governments? And why should people care about this topic? Yeah, I mean, I think we are in a world where data is everywhere. Where we live in our lives, you know, we all live on our cell phones, on our iPhones, or whatever your device is, you're living in a digital world. And data is everywhere. And we have to be using it. We've become accustomed to using it uh, in our daily lives. And we have to be better at using all of that data in the work we do in leading government. We have to keep pace with it. And I think that's one of the challenges that we have, keeping pace, learning how to use it to innovate and to deliver better services to the public. So I think data is everywhere. And we've got to um, you know, step up and see that opportunity and use it in ways that we can be better informed we understand what's happening in our communities and we can all collectively um, support one another and, and see data being used for the public good. So I'm trying to unlock that power of data so that we can all use it, whether it's in your community work and making your own personal decisions in your lives or for leaders to really help provide better service using that data too. So that's what I'm thinking a lot about is how we bring that all that data in a useful, easy way for people to use it. And unlocking the power of data. I love yep. that. Yep. Right. Well, Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with us. And for those listening in to this podcast, thank you again for joining us today. 
If you'd like to learn more about what we have been up to here at GovX and the things that are coming down the pipeline, you can learn more by visiting us at govx.jhu.edu.